Michelle, welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the third episode or third segment of the new MMA headlines feature that we're doing. And who better to do it with than yourself? So I'm very happy that you agreed to join me. And let's talk about some uh, headlines. Yeah, it's good to see your face. Um, <clears throat> I was just trying to get Josh to come up here because he's, you know, he's really good at talking about all those things too, but he's like, no, 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 they don't want to see my face. They want to see your face. <laughs> Always <laughs> want to see Josh. You're kidding. How, how's everybody doing? How's the family? We're good. You know, we're just, um, super busy. Um, it, it kind of, it, it, uh, it never slows down. Yeah. <laughs> Araya has gymnastics, um, and she's competing now. So we're, we're taking her and, and competing with her training, um, trying to, trying to go and visit sponsors and um we got i don't know if i told you but we got a taco shop oh nice yeah so we opened up a taco shop and then we're working on opening two more um restaurants and um training um hoping to to secure a fight for may okay cool and then, um some really really exciting news coming up after that so it'll break right after the podcast like we'll post the podcast and then it'll be breaking news Michelle Watterson to fight such and such. And then we'll be like, ah, oh, and then we'll post it um, right before. It always happens. The story of my, my life with the podcast. Um, but that's awesome news. That's good stuff. And uh, you're still training. Everything's good. You're training hard, I guess, now, because obviously May is next month. So you got to be ready for that. Yeah, no, we're training hard. Um, and uh, it's just like you said, we just got to be ready, you know. So we have been training. We've just been um also traveling so but yeah. it's good because we went to the on it um academy out there and and they got some good jujitsu and in um muay thai so um we didn't fall behind on any of that yeah it's amazing how much time you have not time you have but how much time you put into doing stuff because to be so busy as you say you are right now with all this other stuff you always do so much on social media like you're always like I always see you doing so much stuff, like so many different things. And I just saw you dancing with Holly Holm and John Jones and all this stuff. So it's like, you're always doing things. So it's like, it seems like you, you're from morning till night, you're just doing something and then you must get a very small amount of sleep and then you just start over again. I think for me, what, what helps is that I stopped caring. I mean, obviously I, I took the time to to freshen up a little bit. I just got done with the training session, but, um, I, I stopped caring how I look and I'm just like, you know, just sharing, nice. um, candid moments when I can, you know? And, um, I think that's, that's important to just be as genuine as I can with the people that decide to follow. Do you have an OnlyFans account? No, I do not. Do you? No, but they're asking me to do one. And, uh, oh. Diego has one and, a lot of other fighters have them and apparently and a lot of other people because I guess it started out with more females doing other things, but now it's like everyone and it's like becoming the new social media thing and they're getting a lot of subscribers and making a lot of money. Like even like Diego and other people, it's, it's crazy and it's just showing more intimate parts of your life kind of. Which Diego? Sanchez. I just had him on the podcast a while back and, and, and he was saying how he was on there doing all this other stuff, which I don't understand. But um, <laughs> but it was like it, just showing kind of like like what you were saying, like you, you do vlogging and stuff like that. It would be along the lines of that, like people that want to get to know you a little bit more than yeah. social media, like your personal life, your home life, your family life, uh, you know, certain things, maybe the dancing stuff, whatever the case. And I guess it's like a, a very cohesive group of people that aren't like you know, anonymous haters and judges and leaving bad comments. It's more everyone has to have a true account. And and then I guess you get paid like by however many people like follow you and stuff. So you actually get paid back for your following. 
and how, how well you entertain whoever, you know, the viewers are. So a lot of people is doing it. They're hitting me up and I'm just, I don't know why, but like, yeah. So I, I don't, I don't, it seems like a lot of people is doing it for some reason. So I had to ask because you, you do so much on social media. Yeah, I know I am. Um, and I guess I just, you know, from what I understood, it was kind of like, like a fans only. It was kind of like, um, I don't know, like from, from the people that I've known that have done it, where they were like, you know, doing things like, yeah. like <laughs> I don't know how else to explain. I, it. I get what like, you're saying. Things for for the camera, and then yeah. they were getting paid for it, and and that's just kind of like what I had understood about what that was. You know what I mean? Um, but maybe they are trying to, you know, go a different direction and 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 really build kind of that subscription base. So definitely might be something that I look into. It's just there's so much to yeah, of course. Everything going on. There's there's just there's so much that's, you know, it's Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, um, Clubhouse. There's no. just, you know, the, the list goes on. Like you said, you got, you're doing a podcast now. And, and so, um, for me, the biggest thing that I'm really trying to work on is, is the TikTok and the YouTube. Um, and then Josh and I are, gonna, are thinking about getting a podcast up and doing something like once a week where we just sit down and, and talk nice. about kind of, you know, some of the current events, maybe some things that are on our minds, how we, um, the biggest thing that what we wanted to do was, you know, how, how we take things in from the fight world and translate it into the everyday world. Right. So those, and so we thought that might be a fun podcast to do. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And, uh, yeah, no, definitely a lot of people are doing only fans that definitely aren't just females and, and doing crazy stuff. So, um, yeah, look into that. And then it's a way to get paid, just like YouTube. No, YouTube's the only way to get paid now for your content, kind of. You know, you, Instagram and these other, Twitter, they don't pay you. So this is kind of another outlet to actually make money where you get paid for your services. You know, you're not ripping anyone off. You're just getting paid for how, 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 you know, how much you're entertaining people. But anyway, I'm not a salesman for the company. I don't even have a, an OnlyFans account. But anyway, we'll get to the news. We'll, we'll get to the headlines. And uh, first, I wanted to ask you, this kind of broke over overnight. And I'll ask you some different questions. I know uh, you're friends with Danny, you're friends with John, you train with John. Um, I don't want to get too deep on sides because I don't think it matters. But do you think that John Jones asking for what he's wanting and Dana and the, the back and forth battle, should that be a headline news or should that just be something they handle? Like, I think that the media, and this is a reason why I don't like a lot of the mainstream MMA I shouldn't say mainstream, but just some of the MMA media is they sensationalize yeah. this stuff. And all it does is it harms either the UFC, which is how they make their money by having the mm -hmm. UFC put events on, or they harm the fighters. And I think when they put a post out like they did last night, MMAfighting.com, somewhere along the lines of John Jones warning $50 million, says coach, like his coach says he wants $50 million. Um, I think it was Winkle John did an interview and the headline was, you know, because he said something about Floyd Mayweather getting a hundred million, he thinks John Jones should get fifty. Mm -hmm. Now that was the headline. Now I think the majority of people will go against the UFC on that and say he should get the fifty million. But there's going to be a lot of people that's going to hate John, even though John had nothing to do with it, thinking, you know, that's a lot of money and why it's kind of selfish. And it's just like I think the the, the media, they're just doing whatever they can. And the and the one like entity that hasn't ever paid fighters or Winkle John or the UFC or anybody for any of these headlines that they're making money on is the actual media outlets 
that are reporting that people are getting ripped off one way or another. And so I just don't think it should be headlines, in my opinion. And I think it's just business. And, and I think it's good for these fighters to have to, to get versed in business and have to battle companies, especially as big as UFC and Dana, and have to learn business, you know, because they're going to have to do it when they get out of fighting anyway. So the more they do it now and have to go back and forth and negotiate and try to get what they want, uh, when the UFC is trying to get what they want, I think it's good for them. I think the media does a really good job at trying to to find things that get people, you know, intrigued. And a lot of times it's <clears throat> it's 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 drama and it's the stuff that's controversial. And and to them, I do think that like the money has always been very controversial for MMA athletes because, like, when you look at the amount of sacrifice an MMA athlete goes through versus any other athlete, and, and maybe I'm biased because I'm an MMA athlete. Yeah, of course. But, like, I, you know, um, it's, it's, um, it's not just a seasonal sport. It's something that you do all year round. And you have not only – you don't just have a boxing coach. You have a boxing coach. You have, you know, a grappling coach. Then you have, a, you know, a cage coach. Then you have a, a, a therapist. And then you have a nutritionist. And then you have a manager. And then all these things, and um, and so w when it comes down to the money, by the time you know you've you've done paid out everybody, you still have to pay taxes on all of that. You're like left with pennies, and it and it it is real frustrating. And I think part of I think the media just just um, sympathizes for the fighter in that sense. I do agree with you when I, I think it's important for the fighter to <clears throat> to be able to stand the ground and negotiate. Um, but the fighters, they're fighters for a reason because that's what they do. They're right. not they're not financially equipped or, or, or mentally equipped with the financial know-how to negotiate these these contracts. And a lot of the times, you know, the numbers are skewed because they don't want them to, to, to know who has what leverage so that you can, you know, negotiate properly. And I, I, I don't know, you, you know, you were a fighter. How do, how do you feel about how many years you fought and versus the amount of money you made? See, the thing is, the difference is now I'm in business and I've been in business yeah. since I was in the UFC. So I understand uh -huh. it from a different perspective, like in business. Yeah. Like we both know Dana, we know he's a giving person. We know he also stands for and fights for what he believes in. And we know that, you know, he's running a business at the end of the day. And, and the thing is, this is why this article bothered me is because the headline said $50 million. Now that's putting it in the fans eyes that he should make 50 million dollars and if he makes anything less than that it's UFC's fault that's not the case um that was based on Floyd Mayweather <clears throat> now Winkle John isn't an expert on on how fights or, or how much you know fighters should get paid from the structure of the deals and the promotion aspect we're not none of us are right that's that's a, the promoters know that stuff the business the business side but what we do know is Mayweather it has you know the best financial arrangement of any sports athlete in the history of sports athletes like he has an entire business built around himself he is the promoter he is the fighter he is the machine he is the company he has every single thing so floyd mayweather takes care of floyd mayweather he doesn't take care of 600 other fighters he doesn't take care of doing deals and doing marketing and building up machines and spending the amount of money that the ufc does so that other people like yourself can make a living off fighting as well be it that you make enough or don't make enough i'm not saying that but i'm saying it's a different situation. Floyd Mayweather takes care of Floyd Mayweather, and so he can keep all of the money. And when you go to a Floyd Mayweather fight and you buy a drink in the audience at the concession stand, he's getting a piece of that. You know, he's getting a piece of every single TV deal, every single network deal, every single. And so you can't you can't compare that to something like this. And you throw that number out there and then that 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 makes the fans think, oh, wow, that's a lot of money. And either he deserves it 
or he's being greedy and doesn't deserve it because you got Derek Lewis saying, hell, for $8 million, I'll fight all day, you know, so he'll probably fight for $5 million or whatever the case. So I think it just it causes negative vibes for everyone, and, and they don't care. You know, that's the thing. They're just trying to get views. They're just trying to make advertising dollars, and, and it, that's what bothers me. Um, but from a business – to go back to, the, to your question, from a business perspective – you know, I'm around contracts and running business. I have 50 employees here. I'm involved in other businesses and I've sold other businesses and, and built them in the past. And when you sign a contract, you know, for the fans that are watching this, and just so you know, when you're in business and you sign a contract, it's a contract. Like it's, it would be impossible for me to think if I had a contract with somebody and, and it was a set amount of work that I had to do for them or a commitment to them that I can just at any time say, I'm going to get this contract changed. And I want you to do, I want you to pay me more money and I'm going to do the same job that I agreed to do and signed to do. It is almost a 0% chance that's going to happen unless I have leverage on my side. I have something on my side that's going to make that person have more value in order to give me more money. So well, I would. What do you think the leverage is? The leverage is the biggest fight in MMA history, John Jones versus Nganu. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like, isn't it is that some enough leverage, leverage yeah. to ask for that much money? I think it is. And, and I don't know, like, I don't know the numbers that the UFC is bringing in, but I mean, um, if, so what you're saying basically is if John wants that fight, he needs to go off and build his own promotion and, and, and telling Ganu to, to break ties with the UFC and come off and do just this one-off fight with him and Ngannou with their own, with their own promotion and, and, and do it that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is the only way he will make Floyd Mayweather money. If he, if he is the promote, the promoter, the, the, the entire company, the entire business is built around him. He's, he promotes the entire thing and sets everything up with his team. He will 100% make the most amount of money and it will come down to the pay-per-view buys, how much the fight sells, and he will get the biggest chunk of it 100%. That's exactly what I'm saying. But that's not realistic because he doesn't have that team around him and neither does any other athlete on the planet, which is what separates Floyd Mayweather from everybody else. Why, why he is so rich and makes so much money because he he's the boss of everything when, when he fights and and he pays the fighter that he fights enough to get the fight done and make the big fights um but what i am saying is i'm not saying john doesn't deserve the money or does i think it's good that they're, they're going back and forth and i think it's great that he's asking for mu as much as he can um but the leverage is what comes into play and i think not having the belt and 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 not uh having as much leverage other than the fact that people want to see this fight takes away from it because if it gets to a point where Dana doesn't agree with the amount of money, Dana's going to say no and get Derek Lewis and they're going to put the fight together, boost Derek Lewis like crazy on social media and build him to like, like they did with Masvidal, like they did with all these other guys to build him up to a superstar level and they'll make a fight. Now they won't make as much as John Jones and Francis, a hundred percent, but they won't pay as much either for it. So, um, I, I think the play here, if, if it was me would be to not go to the media so that, uh, it, it becomes negative for everyone handle the situation with Dana, make the most amount of money that me and my team can possibly squeeze out of Dana, take the mm -hmm. fight, beat Nganu, take the heavyweight belt, and now you have the leverage. Now you just beat one of the scariest guys in the division. You have the belt. And now you have leverage. Nganu, there's nobody. Outside of him, that's the, you know what I mean? Like outside, like once he's already beat him, it's that's it. Then there's nobody else to fight. Like he's the top of the top. I'm just you saying how he'll get the most money. I don't see him getting as much as he's wanting, but I think he'll make enough to be happy, honestly. I think, I think they'll come to a, a reasonable decision and something will happen. Everybody wants to see the fight, 
And and like I said, I agree with the fact that they're they're having this battle because John and I'm not saying John's a bad business person, but I'm saying he's getting business experience and he can't be a very experienced business person because he's putting all of his time into fighting. Like every fighter, you can't, you can't do both. You, you know, like I'm all business now, you know, like, so it's like, I'm learning more and more every day about business. But when I was a fighter, it was all fighting and I had to have advisors and, and work as much as I could on business. So I, I learned very slowly. I think this is mm. great for him to get that experience. And he's, he's dealing with such a big company, a multi-billion dollar company, such a big boss like Dana, I think it's good experience for him to try to work on, you know, learning about business, learning about negotiations. And it's interesting to see what's going to happen. So I guess the question just was, do you think it should be a headline or do you think it should just be behind the scenes and, and we just find out how the fight gets happened? I, 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 I don't know how else to say it, except for that. I, I don't think that what the, the media is talking about, I don't think they know everything. I think right. they're just kind of speculating, you know what I mean? Because the real conversations are happening behind doors. Absolutely. And the, the important conversations are happening behind doors and not being spoken to the media about. And so I just think that the, the media kind of caught a bit of it and they're just trying to run with it. And I do want to say I've said things in the past where I don't agree with John Jones and I do. I just speak my mind. I'm very honest, but I, I will say not just because you're friends and you train with him. You know, I, I, I do hope he gets the fight. I want to see it. And, and I think he is not scared 100%. I do not believe the people that are saying that he's afraid to fight Francis and Ngannou. I don't think that man's afraid to fight anybody. And anybody that says that is ridiculous. This is a man who's, who's never been beat. He's fought everybody. He's had tough fights. Uh, where I'm sure when he's had those close fights that he had, which, I mean, like I said, when you get guys that are undefeated, you've shown up sick, you've shown up injured, you've show, shown up with stress and all these things and had to go out there and fight, and maybe you took a loss because of it and you couldn't say anything, or maybe you had a win, but it was hard. It was really, really hard to get that win. For him to be undefeated for so long, no matter how hard some of those fights are, He's had to show up sick and get wins. He's had to show up injured and get wins. He's had to show up with stress in his life, you know, maybe a family death or a relationship problem and get wins. That says mm -hmm. a lot to me. Like guys like Habib, guys like John Jones that are on these huge undefeated streaks like the old Vanderlei and the old Anderson Silva back in those days. So I definitely don't think he's afraid of the fight. I definitely think he's ready. The guy's training like an animal and I am very looking forward to seeing it. I just am curious to see how it comes out and, and how everything works out as far as the, the, the fight gets made. Yeah, I mean, it would it would be awesome if, if he could break some some records as far as, you know, a, a fighter's purse for the UFC. And, you know, if, if he fights for it, it just makes it better for all the rest of us. I, I would agree with you in the sense that the difference between boxing pay and MMA pay is a lot of times like the top tier bo in boxing, it's only the top tier boxers that get paid ridiculous right. amounts Absolutely. of money. It, you know, I would say like the 1% only, really yep. probably a, a handful of people, Half, like yeah. a dozen, you know, just the, the people that everybody knows. And then outside of that, they're not getting paid as well. When you, when you look at, at MMA or I, I should probably say the UFC, I think it's, first of all, the UFC does an amazing job at stacking the cards. And when you tune into a UFC fight, you know all the fighters from top to bottom and all the fighters across the board are getting paid more like if, if you kind of like on average i guess is is, a, is a, the best way to to explain it does the do you, would yeah. you agree with that i agree no i agree with you and i and i'll just end it on this and we'll get to another headline um you know I, i'm the last person in the world to speak for the ufc and dan and how they should handle their business but i think in my opinion this is just my my brain working i think a resolution here to make this deal happen would be a gigantic win bonus so i think 
Because if, if he beats Francis Ngannou, that's going to set up one of the greatest rematches in UFC history. You know what I mean? So uh, either way, it's going to set up a big rematch. But if he beats Francis, for sure, you know, if it's a close fight or if it's a good fight. So there's an investment policy in there. And then, you know, if they, if they pay him a set amount to show up, a fair amount to where he's comfortable with, but give him a lot more if he wins. Now, if John does what he says he's going to do, he'll make the money that he wants. And if he doesn't, then he won't. And then the UFC, that'll also be leverage for the UFC to say, if you win this fight, it'll set up another fight that gives us a little bit more to invest in to give you more money for the win. I, I don't know. In my opinion, I think that might be a way to do it where we can make this fight happen and everybody be happy, in, in my opinion. And again, I'm not Dana and to that level, but I, that's just what I would think. I, it really and, and you, that whole win bonus thing, too, really depends on the fighter because some fighters do well with pressure and others don't True. when they're like, man, I have to win to bring to put money, you know, True. in the bank so that I can put food on the table. And then when you have that mentality of have to versus want to, what happens to your performance level? Does it go, you know, every fighter is different. Some, right. some people crack under pressure and some people thrive under pressure. And and so um, I, don't, I don't know how I feel even about that. that idea but yeah it, but I we're talking about ar arguably the greatest of all time so yeah he has to handle pressure good no i'm just kidding uh, no, you're right not ki not not right. kidding about the arguably greatest of all time but kidding about the pressure obviously that can definitely be pressure for him <laughs> so i agree with you I, I don't know sometimes i wish it was just like a flat rate for the fighters because it, i agree it yeah, is sometimes. stressful it is super stressful to to think that you you're going you, you put your heart and soul into a training camp and if you know it, in order to win a fight, the lot the stars have to be aligned. You know, it's people think that it's just you know it's the better fighter that wins, but there's so many things that go into a fight camp. You know, a fight camp. You know, how your year is going, how how what's happening in your personal life, what happened fight week? Did something happen during the weigh-ins? Did something happen after the weigh-ins? Did something happen in the fight? And all these things are different variables that determine whether you win or lose. And then you know you. And then you come home with half the pay that you were expecting, and it's just like, yeah. ah, it's so stressful. Yeah. It's tough. I think, I think the win bonuses are good. Um, but, yeah, I think if you show up and you have a good fight and you fight hard, so many times we see people lose fights, but they didn't really not – they didn't try to lose. They, they, they came out there and they fought their asses off, and some of them fought and won. You know, I had a, a fighter that just fought Manel Cap. You know, he just fought – Every single website gave him the win, including the UFC, and he got uh, he lost the split decision. You know what I mean? Like so, and he lost he lost his win money for that. And every single I, it wasn't even one that said he lost. Like every single news, uh, you know, page said that he won the fight. Every single person at the UFC, everybody thought he won the fight, but he lost his win purse. And it's like in a situation like that, I agree with you. That's got to be so disheartening because because you know, and and not counting the people that fought their ass off and took a hell of a beating and it was a close fight, maybe a split decision. It came down to the wire and then one person wins their win bonus and one doesn't. So I agree with you. I think that could be changed as well and, and that could definitely be beneficial. All right, guys, now for a deadline, a deadline for you to save 20% and get free shipping at manscaped.com, the official trimmer of the UFC and now the official trimmer of the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast and yours truly. Precision engineered tools for your family jewels, the best in the business. And now you get 20 percent off by using code quick that is my nickname not how you use the product q-u-i-c-k at checkout m-a-n-s-c-a-p-e-d.com 
and Manscaped is now available in Europe, Canada, and Australia. I could go on for days about all their products. They're amazing. They're the best in the business. The Clippers have a flashlight. I mean, come on, give me a break. It's insane. Like, it, it, it's a game changer. And I absolutely love the products. That is not me lying at all. Um, I, I, I love them. Uh, you will love them. Now you can save. Again, use quick at manscaped.com and save yourself some money and support the podcast. Misha Tate is coming back. She's had two years off. Um, she seemed like she was ready to retire and leave. She left. Now she seems like she's very ready to come back. Um, I guess my question, two-part question would be, because she's fighting a girl, I have it here, Marion Renau, I guess. I don't know much about her, but um, Misha said she wants to come back and win the title, win the belt, but she's fighting a girl that's 43 years old on a four-fight lose streak. Um, you know, my last fight, I wasn't trying to win a belt and I fought a guy that was 27 years old and he was on like a win streak and like, you know, he was a top, top 10 fighter and I wasn't even trying to win a belt, you know, like I was just trying to come back and have one last fight and, and I got this crazy beast of a, of a Goliath fighter who was like just a monster. Um, so my two part question is, uh, do you think she's really coming back to, to try to win the belt and, and that's her goal and, and she's going to be all in it and, and try to have another career and go for it again? And what do you think she's going to do when she comes back after a two-year layoff when she was seemed pretty committed to be retired at the time? So I guess um, I have to commend her for listening to her her mind and her heart at the moment. You know, her she she lost to Raquel, and you could see it in the fight that she was not in it. It wasn't it wasn't even a question. You know, when she was getting taken down, there was no fight in her to, and it, that just didn't seem like the type of, the, the Misha that we all know. Right. Because the Misha that we all know was a grinder. She's a dog. You know, she yeah. likes to get at it, and, and it doesn't matter where the fight's going. She will push the pace, um, or she will just, you know, she'll fight tooth and nail until she gets something, and it just didn't look like the same Misha in that fight. And so for her to, you know, bow out and, and retire, I think, was just her listening to her heart. And, and understanding how dangerous it can be to step into the octagon when you're not there mentally, you know, for yourself. And, um, you know, she went off and she had her children. And I think she, you know, when I was pregnant and then I was watching everybody else climb the, the like I was pregnant and then the UFC opened up, you know, the vision for women. And that wasn't even, you know, available for me before right. I was pregnant. And then... They opened up a 115 division at the time. I was fighting at 105. So here I am, like a, a whole new sense of, of, of motivation because, you know, the UFC, the biggest platform um, for MMA, just opened up division that I could possibly fight in. And um, I, um, I remember fighting for Invicta, but being very distracted because I, I was fighting for Invicta, but my mind was was wanting to, to, to fight for the UFC. Of course, yeah. And so... Um, Jumping over to that and and having the motivation as a mother versus having the motivation as an individual is a different type of motivation. Um, and and I think Misha had enough time off to miss it. Yeah. You know, it's like you don't you never you, you don't realize what you have until it's gone. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've been thinking about that a lot, especially nearing towards the end of my career, because. I have been fighting for, you know, close to 15 years now, and I know that my time is limited. And sometimes mm. I get so burnt out from training day in and day out, and it's like a grind, and it's yeah. like you sacrifice so much time with your friends and your family and your life, and you can definitely get burnt out. When I think about that, I think about 
the moments when I'm walking out into the octagon and I can hear the cage. And, and I thought about that when I fought last time. Um, and I, I usually really, I zone out Bruce, Bruce Buffer, you know, I zone out the crowd yeah. because I'm trying to focus on, on the fight, but I'm like, golly, Michelle, this is huge. Like you're fighting for the biggest organization in the world for MMA. You know, you're the main event for this card. Like, can you just take a moment to embrace this? It's hard for looking at Bruce Buffer and he's like, Michelle. Yeah, of course. And I like said it with him and it was yeah. so much fun. And um, it's just like one of those things that like, I think, and I'm, I'm sure you, you feel that way sometimes now as a retired fighter, when you watch other people fight, you're like, and especially if you're still in the game as a coach, you know what I mean? And you're still staying up and you're still evolving. You probably are thinking, man, I bet you I could I, I could hang with this guy or that yeah, guy. You know what I mean? And so that's probably exactly what Misha's thinking. I bet you I could hang with these people, these people. And so she just wants to try it out. I if And so to your question, I think it's a great move on her part to 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 take a fighter like Marilyn, um, the, her opponent. Renau, Renau, yeah. Yeah, because of her long layoff, um, right. and then just kind of test the waters and, and and see where it goes from there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, uh, is she serious about trying to go for the belt? I mean, I think everybody is serious about trying to go for the belt when when they say it. You know, because that's just what what they hope for. Um, but in two years, a lot has happened. You know, the sport has evolved. And it may not look like it from the outside looking in, but once you step into the octagon and and in, it, it's it's just it it has evolved. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I was out for three years, and when I came back, it was just like two times I was out for three years. My last fight, and then when I had the injury back in. Uh, Oh, geez, I can't remember how long that was. But in both times, it, you're right. When I came back, the sport had evolved three years. So you can imagine in three years how much the sport evolved. One of the, one of the times I fought on Fox, UFC on Fox 4, and it, it, was, it wasn't on Fox. There was no Fox deals. There was no t you know, TV deals. And, and when I showed up for Fox, it was like cameras everywhere. And they were like real cameras. You know, It wasn't like these small cameras. It was like the, the, the professional big cameras and all the different theatrics and stuff. And it, it plays a part. But I agree with you. I, you know, it is what it is. And like, you know, I said all these different things to get my fight for this last one. But I was one and done. You know, I, I wanted to just get out there and get this last fight, have fun, promote the gym. And I did. It was fun. And it was worth it. Um, so I agree with you. Do you think she's going to do good? Do you think she'll make a good comeback and be able to fight as good as she did or or better? Or do you think uh, just just your I mean, not talking bad or good. Just just what is your just if you had to be a bet on it, what would you say? She's going to do good and she's going to win some fights and have a good run. Or do you think that it might be hard because the sports evolved and, and the, the levels up? Or, or what do you think? Um, that's really hard to say. It's hard to say. Yeah, it's a tough one I think for, uh, you know, Misha's style is is very um, emotionally driven. Um, she has a lot of technique behind her with the jujitsu and the wrestling and, and that kind of grind and a lot of the, the cage work and stuff. But um, to, to me, a lot of her wins come from just her heart, from yeah. her just having a lot of heart. And um, if she's coming back, if she's stepping back to, to the octagon, that means she has decided in her heart yeah. that, that – she, she's excited about it and so you know I think she'll, she'll have a good um, I think she'll have a good comeback is that is that is that the right word yeah um, no, sure I think she'll have a good comeback especially with this first opponent um, as far as anybody else you know since she's seen 
since she's seen um, Nunes, Nunes has evolved like yeah. crazy. You know, since yeah. she's since she's fought Holly, Holly has evolved like crazy. Yeah. Like the girls that she fought once are not the same girls that she, you know that the, the, aren't the same girls that she once fought. Right. You know. I agree with you 100%. And, and I think she's going to have a good comeback for sure against this this, this girl. Um, and I think it'll also tell us. I think that's when we're going to be able to answer the question, is she going to be able to do good? I, I think she'll show enough in that fight, whether she's she's really back or not. Um, moving on real fast. Did you hear about this um, Pilaf and the Cage Fury Championship who lost his finger during the fight? I did. Oh, my gosh. I saw the video. It was crazy. What? So I, I, I saw the uh, the interview with his trainer. And apparently, uh -huh. what his trainer's saying, or his coach, or whatever, is the, the 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 guy illegally grabbed the glove, and it wedged the finger down into the glove. So that's what started it. That was like the, the step number one. His finger's now wedged into the glove. I guess somehow, I don't know how it could happen, but apparently through the gloves, it got his finger got bent back and wedged into the gloves. Then he threw a punch, and when he threw a punch, because the finger was already crooked and wedged through the glove. It just broke right through and almost severed it completely off. I don't know if it was completely off or if it was down to like a piece of skin, but it was pretty much completely all the way off. And apparently he tried to cover it up and keep fighting and they saw it because he was missing a finger and and they stopped the fight and he had to he had to lose the fight, which he's trying to overturn right now because he's saying that, that the whole reason it started was because of an illegal glove, gra or glove grab. Um, so I guess this kind of brings me to, I mean, th there's not much to talk about there. That's just what happened, and it's fucking crazy. Um, they, we don't have to really talk about that. But the, the question is, do you think, because I have a mixed opinion on this, um, and I don't quite agree with, with, with the masses, but do you think it's time for new gloves for eye pokes and stuff like that? And for, not, not for this situation, obviously, this is very rare, but just in general because we're talking about it. Do you think it's we should change the gloves or no? Do you, do you like the gloves and we should just be more careful on eye pokes? And it's gonna, something that's going to happen, like DC said, no matter what happens. Um, you know, I, I think that if somebody can try to come up with something, invent something that is going to be um, – helpful I, you, you, it doesn't hurt to try i guess is is the is my answer but um i think also there has to just be stricter um punishment yeah for iPods. like if, if you know it's that serious you know it, it if the the percentage of injuries from eye pokes is so much you know then maybe you don't even get a warning from an eye poke. Maybe you just automatically get um, a point deducted, you know, because it's, it's, it's very easy to, you know, train yourself to close your hands. And I think a lot of people, especially people that have um, big hands, they do this to distract their opponent. But it's also, it, it, you know, the difference between this and this is just a little bit, you know. And so I think if... Um, the punishment for po eye pokes are a lot higher, or maybe, maybe, maybe it not even be a point taken off, but maybe it be um, like a, a financial penalty that right. you have to give to the to the other opponent. Maybe the fight goes how it goes, but if you poke them in the eye, yeah, you get a warning, but it's five thousand dollars to your opponent. You know. I agree with you 100%. I think Dana said that as well. He said that that's the best way to, to deal with it. And here's the thing. When, you, when you're sparring, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you, you might be different, but you know, you pull the punches a lot. 
you know that's normal um and then in wrestling you you hit the head to push them away a lot of these eye pokes are because the fighters are coming in they're kind of rushing in and the fighters are trying to push their head away and, and push them back and then they they gouge them in the eyes it's usually mm-hmm. not from a punch you know they don't punch with their fingers out so i think it is very controllable i think they have a bad habit of pushing the face because it's just an easy thing to do is shove somebody's face away and, and get them out. Um, and I think the, the penalty would be the best way because, like, some of these gloves, I think, are very good quality. Like, the on, I think they're Onyx by Whitman or something. They're very good quality, but they're designed with an angle. And so the, the, I guess the, the idea is if the, the fingers are at an angle, they can't stick straight out, and then they can't gouge as much because they're kind of down here. But the question remains when you're grappling, what happens if you can't open your hand all the way to like grab a bicep or grab an ankle or grab a wrist and, and be able to grapple the same? I, I think if, if you take away some flexibility, you're going you're gonna to also take away, uh, especially your ground guys, some of their ability to do what they do. So I, I, I don't think the answer is the glove change. I think it's more penalty based, like you said. And that's just, that's yeah. just my opinion. And I don't know how many times I see people, you know, shadow boxing with their hands open and flicking their hands. It's right. just kind of, they're just bad habits, you know yes. what I mean? Um, and, and so I always try to make it a habit to shadow box with my hands closed and making sure that the fists are fists for the punches. And then when you go to clinch, it's a, it's a clinch. But um, also, and this is just because I'm a girl, but yeah. when I get my nails done and I get the gels, it makes my nails a lot less sharp. Okay. Like if I don't have any nail polish on and it's just my straight up nail, and a lot of times, you know, the, 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 the commission will make the fighters cut their nails before the fight. And when you cut them just like straight like that yep. and you don't file them down, they're sharp. extra sharp. Yeah. And so yeah. the nail is what slices your, your eyes open. The nail is what slices the skin. So maybe making, you know, all the fighters get gel, like even if it's a clear, a clear coat of gel and, and making sure that their nails are cut like two or three days before the fight and that it's because it just what it does is it thickens the nail and then it just kind of like it is kind of like a pad for the actual nail and that might help a little bit in my opinion yeah so for the record it's full manicures and uh bigger penalties yeah like a, a, i think it's like a clear gel and what it just because the nail is super sharp if you just cut it like Absolutely. that it slice right through you and I'll tell you, people don't, re- people don't realize this, but they do that all the time. In the locker room, so many times when the commission comes in, they check your fingers and they check your, your body and they see that your toenails and your fingernails are too long and they get you clippers and you have, they make you clip them right then and there. And you're in a rush, so you just clip straight across. So you got these two sharp edges on either side. If you're a guy, I'm sure I don't know about girls, but you're definitely not filing the, 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 the nails down for sure. <laughs> you're definitely not doing that. So I agree. I agree with you on that. And uh We'll see. And yeah, another thing I want to say, just a quick point, is it's it's an injury that gets brought up a lot because it's kind of – I don't think it's as serious. I don't think there's many fighters that's had eye gouges that can't continue their careers, like like ankle locks and certain things and ACL tears. So I don't think it's detrimental as it looks and is at the time. At the time, it looks detrimental, and, and they can't continue, and it's very violent looking. But I think they heal quite well. I don't think it's one of the higher injuries on the list. I think it's more rare than like uh, below the, the, the belt strike, you know, like a groin strike or other illegal moves that don't have as much of an impact. So I don't think it is as, as, as common as people think. I think it's a misconception. I think it stops fights like the Bilal fight. And I think when it stops a fight, all of a sudden it becomes the biggest injury in the world because of the, the press and the fight got stopped. Everybody's disappointed. But I don't think that it happens as often as so many other illegal strikes, in my opinion, you know. I just 
just think it's scary. But it you is know, scary, like, absolutely. Like, because because you could potentially lose your eyesight. You know, even even if you know you it you you hurt your eye and then at the moment you still can see. But what happens if you go home and now you have a detached retina? Like, yeah, I, I don't know how many fights Bisbing went on um, with all hip of his eye injuries, but for sure that's like a lifelong injury that he's going to have to deal with for the rest of his life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. fighters are so stubborn; they're not gonna, they're not gonna not want to fight. But I mean, losing your eyesight for the rest of your life because of one fight is is a scary thought. You know what I mean? What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. Mike Swick, he's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, AKA Thailand, is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. You can train mixed martial arts here, jujitsu. They have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. I'm telling you guys, I know everybody wants to go to Thailand because Thailand's so cool, but you can't come to Thailand without coming to AKA Thailand. Come on. This is kind of outside of MMA slightly, but uh, well, kind of slightly. But Ben Askren versus Jake Paul. What's your take on that fight? I mean, I know we could talk for days on it. We don't have to get into a big discussion. But what's your take on who do you think is going to win that fight and how that's going to go down? Because it seems to be changing. You know, Jake's putting a lot of footage out where he's looking pretty scary. Uh, Ben's being pretty chill and composed, but he's an Olympic level fighter who always manages to win fights. And, and competitions, and he's taken four-ounce strikes from some of the best of them, Douglas Lima, you know, uh, Robbie Lawler. So what do you think? What, what's going to happen in this fight? It's just boxing. Just boxing, which makes it more scary for Ben. But again, he's been hit with four-ounce gloves with some of the most dangerous guys in the world and not managed to get knocked out. I mean, a flying knee you can't count that's going <laughs> to cause him to lose a fight in a, in a, in a bigger glove. You know what I mean? That, a, a knee, when you're running forward and, and the other guy's running forward, hitting your face, there's not a man in the world that wouldn't have got knocked out by that knee. So um, yeah. he's never been knocked out other than that. You know, he's fought a lot of guys, and he's hard to hit. And he has footwork. It's wrestling, but he does have footwork. He knows how to move and get in on people and get out away, away from people. Um, two or three-minute rounds. I think it's going to be three minutes, I think. So, so three like uh, eight, three minutes, I believe. Eight, three minutes. So he's not going to get tired, that's for sure. Ben Askren, I mean. Yeah, I mean, it, it is really interesting. I think that Jake did a good job of, um, as far as surrounding himself with the right people, getting the right trainers, making sure that he's actually putting in the work. So I give him, you know, hats off for him for doing that. But um, <clears throat> there really isn't anything that you can um, substitute for time spent. You know what I mean? Like True. time spent inside the actual octagon, inside the actual cage. Um, and, you know, Ben Askren, ben Askren is like a lifelong competitor, you know, as like as a combat sports combat competitor. Combat athlete, yep. Um, and so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I, I what, do you, what do you think? Who do you think is going to win? You're going for Ben, aren't you? It sounds I mean, like I think the whole MMA community is going for Ben because, I mean, as much as Jake is talking now, can you imagine if he beats an MMA champion? Like, it's going to be and, – and, you know, of course he picks one that has the least amount of boxing experience possible 
that has the highest accolades in the sport as far as what he's done in, in other organizations in the Olympics and then drags him into a boxing match where, you know, he has very little boxing training. I think it's a cowardice move on his part, but smart because he, you know, at the end of the day, he can say he beat an MMA champion if he wins. Um, so, of course, I'm going for Ben because I'm going for MMA community because I don't want to hear the, the wrath of Jake. But I will say that if he... It's, it's boxing and MMA are completely different sports. It's like soccer versus football. Like those, like they're absolutely two different sports. You do different stances. You have different cadence. You have different rhythm. You have different, you know, strategy. It's a cage versus a a a, a, knock, or a cage versus a ring. You know, so there's so many different things. Um, you, you really can't do much level changes. Which what right. which is what right. Ben is so good at the level changes and you know the explosiveness and in boxing, it's a lot of like stand your ground, you know, six, seven punch combinations and angling off and understanding the, the ring. So it is a completely different sport. I understand what you're saying as, as far as it being kind of a cowardice move. Um, but uh, so, yeah, you know, I'll root for Ben. Um, you know, I wouldn't just say for for the MMA community, but just for like the, a professional athlete community, you know, like Jake, Paul, he's, he's a, he like, he's a YouTube influencer. Yeah. He's just starting you know? in, in this, the sport or sports. Yeah, and, he, and so, but also like hats off to him for, for, you know, shooting for the moon, you know, cause yeah. if you're just starting, you kind of want to get your feet wet a little bit and, you know, and, and build your record and, and get some ring time. And he's just like, no, we're going for it. You know? Yeah, and, I, and he, I think the stuff he's putting out is scary. He looks good. He has potential for sure um, if he continues on. But I am going for Ben, and I do, I'm going to pick Ben because I think what you said, that mental fortitude and that ability to, to find a way to win in every type of sport that he's done, and he's an Olympic-level athlete in wrestling, which is like the mental fortitude you have to do to be a good wrestler is so hard, and then do it in the Olympics is a whole other level, and his conditioning is going to be good. He's not going to quit, and he is he can dirty box, and, and, and I think – he need, and he can get in on people. So, I mean, he has the footwork to get in on people because he goes and takes them down all the time. And everyone that fights Ben knows he's going to take him down, and they spend three months trying to avoid it, and they can't. They cannot avoid Ben getting in on them every single time. So key to victory here, I think, is getting in on Jake, making it a dirty, grindy fight for the first couple rounds, hanging on him, be, you know, going dirty boxing, wearing him out, not taking those long punches from the outside, hoping Jake gets tired. And, and you think about it as we've seen this before, but these guys that aren't experienced, it's not their cardio, it's the, the adrenaline and the panic. They, they've never been the distance before. So they can train the cardio all they want. They're going to be zapped until they have the experience to dig deep and go on after several, several fights. Not against YouTubers in the first round. I'm talking like legitimate fights. So he's mm -hmm. going to get tired and he's going to, to wind down whether he's in shape or not, just from the adrenaline alone, if that fight goes into rounds two and three. And I think that's where Ben can capitalize. I don't think it's going to be pretty, but I think it could be a situation where Ben is going to outstrike him and, and beat him up from the, the the dirty boxing, grind him down, and then just after he gets tired, he's just going to overwhelm him with probably not so perfect striking, but he'll it'll be enough, and and it's it's just going to it, Jake will just be exhausted and and tired of getting you know, and it may be a stoppage. So that's how I think it could possibly go down, or. Jake Paul lands a crazy hard punch before Ben can get in and, and knock him out somehow. And one of those two ways is how I think it's going to go down. Yeah, keep your hands up and close the distance. That's, I, I think that's a great uh, game plan for, for Ben. Um, and like you said, the adrenaline jump, I don't think nobody can really anticipate it. It really does kind of 
um, you know, it's like it's, you, you get a visit from the Sandman. Your, your arms feel like yeah. freaking, yeah. They, they feel like heavy old weights. When you, I remember feeling that way when I first started fighting and just not understanding, like, why can't, they're like, keep your hands up. I'm like, I can't, they're so heavy. Yeah. And the difference is, is like people realize like, okay, that, you know, he's got bigger gloves on, but Jake has bigger gloves on. I mean, Ben has bigger gloves on too. And, and all these guys that he's knocking out in training and all these guys he knocked out that are YouTubers and stuff, they're swinging. They're wildly swinging from the start, keeping their chins open, right? If Ben keeps his hands up, he's got huge gloves too to block himself. I mean, how, how is he going to get knocked out if he's got these huge boxing gloves covering up his chin and he just goes in and, and gets close every time? It's not like he's going to be throwing these wild punches and leaving his chin open. He's not going to go box him like that. And I think that's something Jake's not considering. If he does keep his hands up, it's like one of the Muhammad Ali and uh, George Foreman fight. You know what I mean? He just covered up and took George Foreman's best punches for round after round after round after round and, and he didn't get knocked out. I think Ben can do it for a round or two rounds at least until he gets tired. And then I think that the, 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 the tide's going to change a little bit. And, but anyway, uh, one more quick one I want to get into real fast because I think you know both of these guys. Just your opinion on the fight in general is Cowboy versus Diego. Um, obviously, they used to train at, at Jackson. And, um, but what do you think about – I mean, obviously, it's a dream matchup. I mean, I think the, the fact that they're going to go to war. I mean, Diego and Cowboy, that's just a dream matchup. But they are older now, and, and they've taken a lot of damage. And so it's one of those fights where it's like, is it too late for this to be happening? Are you still a fan of the fight happening? Or are they both still in the same fight mode and mentality to fight? And just what's your overall thoughts on that fight happening now and, and being that last fight for Diego? I'm still a fan of it happening for sure. You know, they both have the heart to do it, obviously. Um, it sucks because, I, you know, I know both of them. They're, they were teammates at one point, you know, but... It's kind of like the Highlander. There can be only one. Yep. <laughs> so eventually you might end up running into somebody that you're friends with or that you were teammates with or that you are teammates with. Um, and so I feel like um, Donald has a new sense of motivation, uh, you know, coming off of his his last fight and is, is really inspired to, to, to give it a go. Um, one last time, he's not talking about retirement. He's talking about trying to get that belt again. <laughs> and I think the difference with that mentality versus this is my retirement fight can be very dangerous. Um, and then also, I just, I don't, I don't really have much faith in Diego's new corner. And I yeah. hope I'm not disrespecting his, you know, his new coach in any way. But I just, you know, from the last time I saw him fight out here in Albuquerque, it just... I feel like he kind of took Diego's like um, strengths away, and um, I'm hoping that that you know Diego has kind of realized what his strengths are and and plays to that because at this point in his career, um, I think that that's what he has to bank on to win. You know, I just had Diego on the podcast and uh, a couple of podcasts ago, and. It was a two-hour podcast almost, and the first hour was Diego, and then the second hour was Joshua, and I didn't even ask one question. And I'm not, I'm not meaning any disrespect, but I feel, in my opinion, Joshua has a lot to say, and he's, he, he has a lot that he wants to get out, and he wants to build his school of self-awareness, and he wants to build his formula, and uh, he has a lot to say, and he's using that through Diego. 
so I'm not I'm not trying to say what he's doing is right or wrong as far as his techniques and his ideas and all that kind of stuff. But what I am saying is using Diego as an outlet, the focus should be on Diego only, I think, in my opinion. And I think whoever's around Diego should be focused on Diego solely. It should be all about his fight, all about the strategy, all about him versus what this guy. And if you look at the podcast or if you watch the whole last hour, very little of that was about just Diego at all. It was more about what this what this guy's doing and and, and what he believes and and all these different thoughts that had nothing, political thoughts about the UFC and about all these different things that had nothing to do with this fight. And I just hope that doesn't get in the way because I want to see a good fight. I want to see Diego show up. I want to see Cowboy show up. And I think it's going to be a hell of a fight. And I agree with you. I think the momentum is going to be on Cowboy's side because he's not he's not doing it as his last fight. So he's he's not hanging it up after this and he's ready to keep going. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, I'm obviously biased with Diego too. He's my, my house guest on uh, or house roommate on, on Tough One. But I think it's going to be uh, I think it's going to be a hell of a fight. Well, you know, so you were roommates with him and you saw the you you got to experience the reason why he won, you know. He has that very fiery personality. He comes forward, he's a grinder, he uses the cage and and he pushes the pace and he gets into really really awesome scrambles on the ground and is able to get into good positions and ground and pound. And he's gotten so far away from that right. that it just like I just I don't know what Diego to expect in this fight, but I do know that no matter where the fight goes with Donald, he's good at his stand up. And if if Diego does try to take him on, put him on his back, Donald is amazing. He has really good groundwork, you know. And so I just I feel like wherever the fight goes, Donald will be able to capitalize on the fight. Yeah. Okay, well, good. And uh, last question. Sorry for keeping you so long here, but uh, it's so great talking to you, and you and you you have such great opinions. It's it's so good. We could do this all day. Um, Tufts coming back, Ultimate Fighter season twenty nine. Um, are you are you excited to see what the format's going to be and how the show's going to be? Two part question. Um, so are you excited about it coming back? And then what would you do? I don't know all the details of the show and how it's going to be laid out, but what would you do that hasn't been done in the past? If you were the boss, if you were Dana and you could structure the show, what would you do in your opinion from your experience to make the show more entertaining and better and, and how it can come back with a, with a blast? Mm, that is a very heavy question. It's heavy. Yeah. I am excited. It's a, it's a guy's show, right? Who, yep. Who's going to, be um the coaches oh my god it just got announced <laughs> it just got announced and i was gonna have actually i had a really big podcast to talk about it with a certain someone and and it, it, we missed that part but we're gonna do Masvidal? another one no no not not masvidal but it just got announced i cannot believe i can't remember who it is because it's 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 two good coaches and i can't believe i can't remember but it's 135 and 185 are going to be the weight classes um okay. wow i actually have a teammate that's going out there for that um so i'm really i'm rooting for him um, so Dan, the man, so I'm rooting for him, but I guess how, how could you make it more, the, the house more intriguing? Um, gosh, I don't know. I mean, obviously you asked me that question because you're thinking about how, how what you would do to make it more intriguing and you were actually on, you know, on the show yourself. So um, I got it here. I, it's, it's it's Volkanovsky and Brian Ortega. Okay. That's what it says uh, as of two days ago. So that that's uh, as of two days ago. Uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, Brian Ortega said to coach Tough Forty Nine or Twenty Nine. Sorry. Um, yeah. So that's interesting. Um, I would have rather seen Usman and Masvidal, but. Oh yeah, I know for sure. <laughs> okay. 
So what would make it interesting is that if you had the fighters vote who had to fight who. Right. That's interesting. I think it would also be interesting if they made the coaches fight during the season, just like we did. And they didn't give them like two months to prepare after. Like, of course, we fought, you know, our main fight when they fought, you know, two months later as well. But I think the coaches should kind of get in there and fight in the final fight of the actual season as well and see how they go through their fight camps and how they also have to deal with the pressure of, of living in a house or, or living under surveillance, at least like all, all the cameras during at least the training part of the program and, and kind of giving an inside glimpse of not just the fighters, but giving a glimpse of the actual trainers getting ready for their fights as well. And though it wouldn't be a normal camp by no means, but it would be a fair camp because they'd both be in the same situation. And then they also had to fight at the, on the show. And then, uh, I mean, I know that would take away the big finale kind of thing. Um, but if they did the whole show and the finale all together as one mm -hmm. and they had the finale as part of the show, I think that would be kind of cool. And you don't have to wait two months afterwards. Yeah. If I was a coach, I wouldn't want to do that because I would want to be able to you know, commit my time and my energy and my thoughts to my, um, to my athletes. But as a you fighter, know? I didn't want to do it either. And I had to fight my friend on one day notice at, at, at a different weight class than I've ever fought before. So that's kind of the whole aspect of the show is that it's like, it's sort of like the more kind of drama and, and, and different scenarios that, that are put into there, it makes it more interesting. So that's the reason I said it could be more interesting to the fans if that happened and it's not just the fighters getting uh tricked and having to fight on short notice and fight their friends and and all this kind of stuff did your did those fights on the show go on your record you know what it, they weren't supposed to because they're exhibition and we didn't get paid for the fights but sure dog mm -hmm. has them on my record which i hate because i have a loss for my tough fights and so it makes my record one one extra loss I think mm -hmm. it has a note that it was an exhibition or some type of specific exhibition type fight, but it's still on mm -hmm. my record. Yeah. Unless they moved it down now and, and, and took it and put it like where the amateur section is. It was on my actual record, which was kind of weird because, you know, we didn't get paid and it was like a, a different style. I think we had, it was two round fight, obviously it was different yeah. than a normal UFC fight. It was, it was, uh, you know, a lot of things changed. It wasn't like a, a, a real fight as far as like, uh, a professional fight you train three months for two months for and 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 you know and it was an exhibition we didn't get paid so but yeah it it it, it was kind of on your record you know on as an exhibition at least yeah yeah i don't know if, because i feel like that's that's what it is though right the reason why you're on the show is because you're trying to prove to yourself to your to the cast to the world that you that you belong uh, you know, with the UFC. And so, but the coaches, they've, they've already, they've already, you know, they've already proven that. And so I, I just feel like they, they shouldn't have to go through that. Well, they wouldn't take an exhibition fight. So what would happen is that they would just have, what, what I was talking about was they would just move the finale up to the actual show and maybe have a month off or whatever the case where they can do their camp. And then the focus kind of switches from the guys. Cause they never filmed us during our fight camp after the show leading into the finale. I think, yeah, I, I think then for the last part of the show, the focus mm -hmm. goes into um, the coaches in their fight camps getting ready for their fights for maybe a week or two or whatever, and then like a week or two break. So that it's like a month of, for them to prepare, and they're obviously training during the show. Then the finale happens, and then they start airing the show so it all plays out together week after week, even though there's a space for the coaches to get ready. And then the finale fights, which will be the coaches, and then obviously some of the cast members would be a, a, an actual pro fight. That wouldn't be an exhibition. So.
I just think it'd be cool to see the coaches train. And I think for the people watching at home, it'd be cool so that maybe like after the show is over and they have the, the finale fights picked, the cameras then switch to the coaches and their camps for the last month or so. And it focuses on them getting ready for their fights so that people can see that. And then it goes to the finale. Then the finale happens uh, and shows all the professional fights, including the coaches. And then that all runs together during the season. And I think that would be really cool because seeing the fighters train, you know, especially the inexperienced fighters trying to get in the UFC in a house and under those circumstances, isn't like seeing coaches train that are experienced like Ortega and Volkanovsky, how, how professionals of that level train. I think it'd be cool to show that. And I think it'd be cool to show like in real time in a reality setting, how those guys actually train and, and prepare and, and what their sessions look like. And I think that would be something we could add that would be cool to add to the show, in my opinion. Yeah, I do think. And it's cool to, to show um, kind of like, you know, they're, 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 they're kind of opposites, really, because when you're on the show, how I see it is like, you know, when you're an amateur, you have to be closer to weight because you, you, you're, you're fighting every week. And, and so in the, in the amateurs, in boxing and in MMA, you have to be, you have to just be ready, you know, at the drop of a dime because right. you don't know if opponent's going to fall out. You don't know if you're going to get a last minute call and you just have to be ready. And that's kind of what your amateur career really is. And so, you know, going into the house, I feel like that's a lot of what it is. Like all these guys, they stay really low and they have to stay closer to the, the, the fight weight. And then they don't know who they're fighting. They're put under all this pressure. And then going from that to an actual full camp where, you're cutting weight and you have a game plan on one specific opponent, I think would be cool to show the, 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 the juxtaposition, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you. And uh, I want to say that I appreciate you taking the time out. Uh, you took a lot of time out for me today. And, and I want to get your opinions real fast. What do you what do you think about? So you have podcasts where, you know, fighter and the kid, you know, f uh, podcasts like that, where you have like a certain maybe a fighter and a comedian or two fighters or whatever the case talking about headlines, talking about the latest things. What do you think about this format where instead of bringing guests on to talk about their fight camps and their fights and the podcast being just about them, but to actually bring different guests on that are fighters or whatever and talk about the headlines, do you think this is a good format? Did you enjoy the, the segment or I don't know, what's your, what's your opinion? What's your professional opinion? I love it. I think it's great. You know, you get to, you get the insight of a, of a fighter, professional fighter outside of their own, you know their own camp, their own career. Um, the only the only problem is sometimes I think that when you're when you're a fighter, when you're in it, you know it's hard to express your opinion of, of, about other fighters right. because because you don't. It, it's kind of like you don't want to bash their art, their their, their craft because right. you know the hard work that it takes to get here or there, and you know um, you know that mistakes can happen. You know in the blink of an eye, and so it's kind of like when you're still active and you're giving your opinion, you sometimes can put your foot in your mouth. And I think a lot of, you know, active fighters, they, they'd rather just, you know, stay in their lane and, 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 and do their own thing and, and, and fight, you know? Yeah, no, I agree with you hundred percent. And I think it's cool when it's related and you have some special insight, but I, I try to make the questions where it's not too political and puts people in a position to have to go against certain people that they know, or that they've, you know, it's in the, it's in the sport in general, because, typically, you know, everyone at some, at some capacity and you don't want to like make them upset. So I try to keep the questions more generalized to like the finger falling off in a fight and Ben Askren and Jake Paul and, and Misha coming back, you know, just, just overall thoughts and stuff like that. So I try, I'm trying to learn, it's a work in progress, but hopefully, uh, hopefully I did okay and, and didn't put you on the spot and, and, and cause any problems. No, 
I think it's great. And I think for me, it's, you know, it's the, it, 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 that, that's just what it is. We all have our own opinions and it's okay. And, it, and, and I think, you know, after being in this business for so long that you, you should have some tough skin. And if you're a fighter, you should have some tough skin too. And I'm sure all the fighters do, especially after, you know, the, the, the punishment that they take from, you know, from fans, from, from media, from, from, from all over, from all ends. <laughs> and and like I, I've said this a lot of times before, but no matter what I say about anybody on the podcast, be it this one or the regular podcast, uh, I try not to judge people. You know, I might have opinions or whatever, but I try not to judge them because you never know what people's been through. You never know what's behind the scenes. You never know, you know, what they've had to go through. And so it's really hard to like blame or or cast judgment. So I try to avoid that, even if I do have opinions that might be right or wrong or you know mm-hmm. whatever the case. Um, I try not to judge because, again, you don't know people until you know what they've been through. And, and, and a lot of people are, act certain ways because of the ways they've been treated. And you don't know what, what those situations are. And so you can't you know, blame them for being programmed to kind of act certain ways, if that makes sense. Yeah. But you know, at the end of the day, this is our job. This is what we chose to do. And, you know, we're in the limelight and, and you know, we're in the entertainment business and we, we are in the business where, where we put our heart on the lines and, and people get to watch and judge us for it. So that's just, that's what, what we signed up for. Well, awesome. And I mean, good luck with everything. Tell the family I said hi. And when you get your podcast going, yo, I've had you on the podcast like five times or something. It was like four or five times. So don't forget about me. <laughs> yeah. Bring me on. Let me let me be on your podcast and, and then we'll chat it up a little bit more. We got you. And I'll definitely have you back on again if you'll if you'll do it. I, I love talking to you and I wish you the best and good luck in your training. Can't wait to find out who you're fighting in May. I'm gonna be rooting for you and excited. Just don't break it in the next like twenty four hours. Like wait at least like thirty six hours or forty eight hours till you break <laughs> till you break the headline. Never get to break the news. I never get to break yeah, the news. Yeah, it always gets leaked out. But anyway, thank you so much for taking the time for being on the show. Always a pleasure. And good luck with your fight. Good luck with your training. And I'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks.